equity of up to £150 million. You're in the theatre, fine, you're here to win games. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good uh, to recognize uh, different phases during the game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aesthetica. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. It is episode 116, coming to you a bit earlier in the weekend, our normal weekend pod, because Spurs don't play this weekend. They don't play till Monday. So we figured we would get you a pod out right now and then probably another one midweek to recap the Everton match. But um, there is a whole hell of a lot to talk about, even though we are coming off of an international break uh, before we even talk about Everton and talk about injuries and things like that. Uh, we're going to do it with Scott and Caroline. We'll start by throwing it out to Mr. At DSM Spurs himself. Scott is with us. Scott, what's going on, man? Chilling. No Spurs this weekend, which is interesting. And I guess it's Friday, but I was off today, so confused. But um, yeah, chilling. Good good weekend ahead. Interesting news coming out, which will keep the weekend exciting, right? We'll talk about that. But. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not excited by any of this. I'm pissed off. I'm angry, and I'm and I'm I'm coming into this podcast a little bit hot. Uh, Caroline's also with us, as I mentioned at CG Stefko. Kaz, what's going on with you? Uh, I'm still feeling hot about the Women's Champions League game yesterday, which total nonsense penalty. But that's neither here nor there because obviously Spurs were not involved. So otherwise, uh, just chilling, like Scott said. It's been a pretty uneventful international break i feel like i hardly watched any of the internationals um because a lot of them weren't accessible which is probably a good thing i i have still not watched any soccer during this international break i have watched zero minutes of international local national whatever you want to call it i have not watched any soccer i'm breaking that tomorrow night i am going to see my local team for their home opener but uh i have not watched any soccer and it has been great and yet I still feel completely consumed by everything that went on this week at Spurs, because for those of you who don't know, as we were recording last week's pod on Sunday, uh, the news dropped that Spurs were finally departing from Antonio Conte. And that was enjoyable for us. It happened kind of toward the end of our recording and we tacked on another 10, 15 minutes. Um, and that was, that was all well and good. Um, and so let's let's go through the timeline of, of, of what's happened since then, because on Tuesday, the club released a video on their social media page um, with Fabio Paratici kind of explaining what's going to go on the rest of the season. Ten games left. Here's the outlook for the season. Um, this is what we're looking forward to. This is what we're looking to accomplish. Uh, we're very excited about this, so on and so forth. Um, and then a day later, uh, the FIFA disciplinary committee decision uh, extends his ban world to worldwide. It was sanctions imposed uh, by the FIGC Federal Court of Appeals 
on Paratici. Um, this extended his ban from Italy to a global ban. We've all we've all known this story has been going on for for some time now, but all of a sudden, news comes out a day after they dropped this video on social media that, um, you know, that this ban is going to be extended into a a worldwide ban. So not great. The the club then released a statement on Wednesday, um, basically saying a whole lot of nothing. Uh, the club statement. Uh, said essentially this committee deliberation has been taken with no advance notice to any of the parties involved saying they had no idea about all of this. We will come on to that. Um, they said that we are e urgently seeking further clarification from FIFA as to the details of the extension and the variance from the FIGC sanction. Uh, we should like to make it clear that when Fabio conducted the interview on club channels yesterday, speaking about Tuesday, uh, neither he nor the club had any indication that this decision was being made by FIFA. Uh, we shall update this matter in due course. Well, due course came two days later, as in today, Friday, as we record this, the 31st of March, uh, whereas the club released a little update on their website. And they said the following. Um, the FIFA disciplinary committee announced a decision to extend the FIGC sanctions relating to Fabio Paratici worldwide. The decision was taken in advance of his appeal hearing, so on and so forth. Um, in view of FIFA's decision, Fabio has agreed with the club that he will take an immediate leave of absence pending the outcome of his appeal, which is set to be decided on April 19th. So basically what the club has said today is that because this man, who is our director of football, cannot do his job legally, he will not do his job for us they say that he is parting ways pending the appeal um all of that is to say this was a absolute shit show all week from the club um i'll just put this out there why why is the club even waiting for an appeal to take place at this point like what are we doing here i don't understand for the life of me how it is even plausible that that he would even be allowed to keep his job at this point like where what are we doing and where are we at here the, the long silence here is me not having an answer um because i don't understand what the delay is honestly you know you you said earlier that we all kind of saw this coming but the club is acting like they did not see it coming which is baffling like anyone could have seen that this was going to be the outcome and so when they released the video Fabio, I think it was on what Monday, maybe that felt weird because it was like, okay, we kind of all assumed that maybe now that Conte was leaving, they were going to go in a different direction with Paratici as well. And yet here he is on this very grainy, bad quality video saying basically nothing. So that felt weird. Then Wednesday comes and we hear that the ban has been extended worldwide. And at that point, you would think he would be immediately placed on suspension because he can't do his job, like you said. And so for them to wait an additional two days to actually make that decision, it just it doesn't make any sense. And I don't often feel embarrassed by our club, but I feel pretty embarrassed about how this has all gone down. And, and the report, you know, from from Matt Law to our good friend Matt Hayes um, said that the club has known about this stuff since the beginning even before hiring Paratici. So, I, I mean, look, whether that's true or not, the club had to have known that something of this sort 
was coming down the line and was, you know, between, between the mess that was created in, in the aftermath of Conte and then this Scott, where, what, what the hell, man, where, where do we, where do we even go from here? This is insane. I mean, the, the optics are absolutely fucked. I mean, there's, there's no way around that, but I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot that goes into this. I think, you can't you can't sit here and pretend to not feel that it's a disaster and there's 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 absolutely no plan right the only thing i can think of and and i don't even really believe this or necessarily want to come off as backing prodigy who knows what happened down there but i will just play devil's advocate and say that there's a lot of grumblings that juventus is going to get their 15 points back and a lot of this is going to go away and so i just wonder if the club isn't really concerned because everybody can just assume on the 19th. Hey Todd, uh, everybody can just assume that on the, the, the 19th, this is going to go away. Um, if the FIGC, from my understanding, Dakota had mentioned this, and I do believe this is the case that the FIGC were to drop this, it would, it would be done. Um, FIFA is an absolute fucking shit show. So FIFA coming out and like doing anything is honestly just like kind of whatever. Um, I mean, we, we don't, yeah, we don't want to talk. I was about to talk about FIFA and we're not going to do that, but, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say what's actually going on. So if, if we're really deciding that we're just going to put him on leave, then I really hope that we have an indication that this is just going to go away on the 19th. Um, otherwise a lot of questions about what we are doing. And then, and then the last point I'll make is there's every reason to think that Levy really wants to hold on to Paratici because Paratici is doing good business from the perspective of one Daniel Levy, I would have to think, right? He's bringing in talent and he's doing it in a within a unique structure that allows the club to, to, to you know, not take immediate huge losses. So I don't know. It, a lot's going on here. <laughs> And as I say all the time, I am super glad that I don't have to be making these decisions. And at this point, I'm just going to see what happens next next year, right? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what competitions we're in, and we'll see who's coaching us, and we'll see if Paratici is around. But who the fuck knows? At, at this point, if if the appeal is is heard and and accepted, and and all of this is overturned on the 19th, I'm I'm not even sure I want Paratici back after that. Like I just I can't imagine. I feel like the, the toothpaste is out of the tube at this point, right? It's the yeah. reputational damage, I think, that has been done that is the issue here, you know, because like Scott said, he could very well, you know, be cleared. We know that a lot of times these kind of sanctions that go against clubs and individuals within football get overturned because, you know, the regulatory bodies just don't have the stomach for enforcing them. So it's it's totally possible that he's going to be technically cleared to work. But the question is, do we really want someone around who's who's a risk um, and who, you know, I don't know. Hearing all this news kind of made me worried that we're going to find out he did do something shady while employed at Tottenham that we just haven't found out about yet. Um, so, if, yeah, I agree. I would rather him move on. I, I mean, as Scott always says, you know, it, when, when Spurs are able to sign good players, it always raises an eyebrow and the, 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 the Shit, two players, that, that. The, the, the two players that come to mind for me are Benton core and cool and Kulisevsky. Like what if and I, I look, this is, I'm just going to say this. And this is not something that I do very often, but 
this is completely spec complete speculation on my part and i'm i'm just i'm shooting from the hip here but like god forbid something was shady with those two transfers which obviously came from juventus came from his former club like what if there was some kind of inside dealing what if all the what ifs what if what if what if like yeah to your point caroline like what if this what if shit has gone down since his time as in his 18 months or so at spurs like that's not good at all that would be very 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 bad yeah i mean unfortunately there's every reason to think that is that is plausible i don't want to say that is true or correct right we're not quite there but there's every reason to think that's a plausible scenario and i wouldn't say that i don't think that is is on the table right unfortunately so it's it's it's, it's all a bit of a mess and i agree with you guys i mean when when we find ourselves in this rotten of a situation, you just have to cut out the entirety of the rod and just start over it. So I don't think we can have any, and I'm not talking about players, right? There are some that have to go. There's some that need to be here, but as far as the management goes and, and the footballing organization goes, dare I say the board, but I won't, but I think all of it has to go right. And we got to start over. So it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and i'm going to just say the same thing i said 2 minutes ago super glad it's not my decision but it's a decision that needs to needs to get done and quickly and efficiently and correctly and all of the above right well what are what are we going to hear in the coming days like what are we going to hear from the away fans at everton on monday i mean this is going to be this all reflects on one person and one person alone this is a, this is a Daniel Levy decision. Um, we've heard cries of 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 Enoch out for for not just weeks and months, really for years. And this is this is crisis time for him. This is this is this all reflects back on him, especially if it comes out that he was warned. He he knew the information beforehand, like we've like we've read reports on. If if all of this come if all of this shit starts running down the hill in his direction this this could lead to i mean look all the things that daniel levy has been accused of in the past it's like i think it's a, a lot of things that people are looking for a reason to, to to pick at him this is a little different here am i wrong no i agree um it's I usually try to take a more nuanced view when it comes to Daniel Levy, because I agree. I think that a lot of fans sometimes look for reasons to blame him. Um, but this is like unequivocally a disaster from him and something that I think is, is going to be hard for him to recover from, from a reputational standpoint. Um, but also just thinking about what it means for the club's operations right now, we basically have a sporting director who can't do his job. And we know that summer transfer dealings don't happen overnight. Like he should already be working on those kinds of things. And there's also the fact that we're trying to secure a long-term manager right now. So everything feels like it's coming to a halt on the business side of the club at the same time as we're about to have a really difficult you know, push to keep that fourth spot um, in the league and having the interim manager, you know, along with Ryan Mason. Um, it's, it's just too much going on. And it feels like as fans, you know, we really just have not had a break this 
these past few weeks. It's like one bit of bad news after another. This is this is a club now that has no director of football, no men's team manager, no women's team manager. This feels like I feel like Lloyd Christmas. We got no food. We got no job. Our, our pets heads are falling off. I mean, this is straight out of Dumb and Dumber right now. Um, and I guess the thing that, that struck me this week thinking about all of this is there's 10 games left in the season. And I think if you took a poll amongst all Spurs fans, I think 75 to 80% of them, if not higher, would just say they're ready for the season to be done and they don't really care about what happens in these final 10 games. And the thing that struck me about that is how many seasons in a row have we said that? Even before the run to top four last season, the good, the good positive come from behind, charging, taking, overtaking Arsenal, winning that North London derby late in the year, um, even before that all happened, we would have said, I'm just ready for this season to be over because it's been that bad. And now we're kind of, it, it feels like the third or fourth straight season where this has been a feeling of, I don't even care. Just get me to the end of the season and we can press the reset button in the summertime. And all of a sudden it's like, how many times can you mash that reset button without it starting to hit you back? I, I don't know. Scott, Scott, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel like who cares? I, I know you're like Mr. Mr. Apathy most of the time. You don't really care about the results. But like, doesn't it kind of feel like that's been going on for a little bit too long with this club? Like too many seasons in a row? Definitely. I mean, I, I don't even think us getting the top four last year was was kind of just another paper over the cracks, kind of like the Champions League run was. You know, we talk about it all the time, but our form was so bad when we got to the Champions League final and it required other teams playing poorly, right? We ended up facing Ajax in the semis and imagine if we would have gotten anyone else, right? Liverpool, Madrid, whatever, right? It could have been a different story. So um, who's to say last year was really anything that special and, and we praise Conte and all of that, but Arsenal dropped a bunch of points, right? It allowed, it allowed that to happen. So had they not dropped points, we would have paid for our mistakes over the season and, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I, I think, to, sorry, to answer your question, though, I just went on a bit of a rant. It's been a reset since they fired Potch. And the more the more I, I watch us just take blow after blow after blow, I think they're going to have to hire Pochettino. I think they can sit here and they can, they can di- you know, willy-nilly, dilly-dally over, over Nagelsmann. And Nagelsmann, I'm sure, has a fuck ton of questions about managing this club, as anybody should, right? Um, but... They're going to have to to bring Poch in. They don't have a director of football anymore. He doesn't want one. The fans are just – the fans aren't even angry and up in arms anymore. We're just like, like, I'm out, dude. See you guys around kind of situation. I'm not saying we're not going to be fans anymore, but I think we're all just kind of over thinking and, and pondering what's happening at the club, right, and trying to make sense of it. It's just a shit show, so – I don't know. I think they're going to have to hire Pochettino. That'll get the fans a little bit more involved. I think that 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 stops the the continuation of this reset button and kind of gets us back to to where we were. But frankly, I don't I don't really know how how we expect to bring anybody else in and not have them ask a ton of questions about what it is to manage this club, unless there's somebody who's just like Nuno and just desperate for a chance to manage at the top level, right? But I can't imagine anybody beyond Poch would would willingly accept this job, and I don't even think Poch would without some serious conversations happening. You know, and granted, he's 
the the thing about that is he's you know very good friends with the person who's who's at the root of all of this right so i don't know if he can if anybody can do something it's him but i wouldn't imagine he just walks into it either so well and and is that a good thing too like uh, is that not more papering over the cracks in in, in my eyes like mm. I, I don't know and and honestly i think the biggest one of the biggest problems with pochettino is that he didn't work with a director of football so now do you need to go out and find a, a new director of football to come in and work with with pochettino someone who's not paratici obviously like it's well you know and, you... and the funny thing about all of this is the latest rumor is that vincent company of all people is the leading co- leading candidate to take over at spurs next summer and and i i sit here and say why the hell would vincent company want to come to spurs when he's bringing burnley up like why wouldn't he just stick with burnley for another season see if he can make them a mid-table club and then i don't know take over for pep at city or whatever like it's just it's the rumors are going to be incessant over the next 10 to 12 weeks and I don't even I don't even know where you start with rebuilding this thing because are you going to go with the director of football model? Are you going to just hire a manager and let that person take over? Is Daniel Levy going to cede any control in any of this or are we just going to be back to Daniel Levy's making football decisions, Mauricio Pochettino is coaching the team and those two can butt heads in another 18 to 24 months? I mean, you could do two things. You hire Pochettino and or you hire a director of football and hopefully a Julian Nagelsmann. That's, I think those are two things that the fans would accept at this point. Who that director of football is, I don't know. Maybe Nagelsmann doesn't even need one. I, I think we do, right? But I think those are the two options that the club, club has to pursue. I do think it's interesting, too, to pay attention to when rumors are, are you know, are, are taking form, you could say, and big clubs have the ability to push rumors, right? But it's interesting to me that all the rumors pop up yesterday about, you know, Madrid being ready to move on Pochettino at the end of the year. Um, and then a day later, the company rumors surface about us being most interested in him. So I don't know. You can read between the lines, but I think they're they're trying to move quickly. Um, it's I think, like, if they didn't, they didn't have the Nuno situation and us taking a couple of seasons to hire Nuno. I don't think it would be that big of a deal, but I definitely don't think the fans are going to sit here for 60 days and wait for them to like announce anything on this. Like they're going to have to move pretty quickly in order to clean some of this up too. So we'll see. It's interesting though, because I feel like when we last spoke, we were kind of going through some of the potential names for managers and for quite a few of them. I had said, you know, they, they really don't have any reason to leave the club they're at right now, like you just said with company. And I feel like that list is just going to get longer because uh, a lot of these potential managers are going to be looking at our situation and our chairman and feeling like we're a club that's just a mess right now. There's no defined plan. You know, Levy's been making a lot of really opportunistic decisions, not really decisions that are adhering to any sort of coherent long-term vision. Um, so I, I feel like that's going to be a turnoff for quite a few of, of the potential candidates and, you know, I, I agree with Scott that it would be nice if they could get this wrapped up quickly. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be that easy at this point because of everything that's happened, you know, since Conte was sacked. You know, we talked back in, I want to say like January when it might have even been earlier than that, when we we kind of knew Conte was just going to run out the season and move along and 
I feel like we all felt like we were in limbo. Well, like there was just, we were all just kind of floating. There was no real thought about the future. And honestly, I do feel like over these final 10 games, I think we're going to feel a lot more of that because we, I don't think we're going to have any kind of clear decision until the summertime. And my only hope is that they, they can settle this like right after the season ends. Like, like this should be, priority number one a there should not be any other priorities you have to figure out what the plan is for the future of this club who's going to run things because it feels to me like you know three and a half years ago daniel levy made a mistake three almost almost four years ago now daniel levy made a mistake by not backing and it can really go back before the Champions League final, not backing Pochettino in those couple of windows when we were building the stadium. He made the mistake. He compounded that mistake by then firing him because he didn't back him and results took a turn for the worse. And since that time, in the in the nearly four years that have passed, he has just continued to compound that, mis- that, that mistake by making other mistakes and and he's made this thing as you mentioned Caroline who's going to look at this club right now and say oh I can turn that thing around because there's been multiple examples of people who couldn't and there's been multiple examples of a chairman who has hired people who are just simply not the right person for the job and that's that's a specific I'm specifically referring to Paratici in that sense because look we can all praise Paratici for bringing in some some talent, what we think can be talented players even for the future in Udogi and Spence and Pedro Poro. Like we can we can we can point to this as as potential good that this guy brought us, but the stain that is being left in his wake is way 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 more uh, harmful than any any of the multitude of players that he could have brought in over this period of time. It is. Man, I did not expect it to be this fired up on a Friday, like heading into a weekend talking about all of this. But this is just this. I, I said I said earlier, I haven't watched any football over these two weeks because I haven't had any desire to. And this has just like turned me off even more from it. I, Ten games left and I'm just like, fast forward, please get me to the end of the season. And, you know, to me, what is one of the most frustrating aspects of this is that the person who's at the root of all the issues, which is Daniel Levy is not a problem that can be easily fixed because, you know, short of him resigning or being fired by the ownership, he, you know, this is what we have. So <laughs> I think there have been times in the past where I've been reluctant to criticize him as heavily as maybe I've wanted to, because it just feels pointless because there's not, you know, we, we can have these like Daniel Levy out social media yeah. campaigns, but it, it's not going to do anything. So you, it's, it's that feeling of futility, which is not rare in sports fandom, let's be honest, but it, it feels like it's been ratcheted up in this instant. You, you and I are in the same boat there, Caroline. I mean, I, I, Todd always jokes with me that I'm captain pragmatic when it comes to talking about these things. And I try to be, I try to, to take a more, you know, neutral view of things and, and see the good and the bad, but this, and it's not even specifically about Daniel Levy, but it's about the club as a whole and the job or lack thereof that it is doing just in PR, just in terms of this is our vision and this is where we're going. There is no vision and there's no fucking direction. 
Like there's no, th nobody knows where they're going. This could easily be a mid table club next season. It could be, they could be scrapping for eighth place next season. If, if, if shit really starts to, I mean, we could be talking about a Harry Kane departure. And I know I said even last week that I don't think that that's happening, that I think this guy's here for the long term. But this is the kind of thing that, that, that a player like Harry Kane or like Youngman's son sees and says, nah, fuck that. I'm out. Get me out of here. Because this, this is the kind of thing that comes from the top and rolls down a hill. And that is very disheartening. And I try to be pragmatic when talking about this stuff, like you say, but it's it's hard to not point a finger in this scenario and say, what the fuck are you doing? What's going on here? Can we get any sense of direction? I mean, you don't see multiple statements from the club in one week about the same thing, neither of which really said a damn thing. Like on official, you know, on the club website, club announcement, club update, here's what's good here's what's going on. And you haven't really told us anything. You haven't told us anything other than we're going to wait until the 19th and see how this thing plays out. And then we'll go from there. Fucking fire the guy. Now this is the, like, what are we doing? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Taylor Twelman. What are we even doing here? <laughs> Cause we can't afford to stand still. That's the thing. You know, it's, we're just in this period of stagnation and it, and this is just compounding it. Well, at least we're not going to have seven players missing on Monday when we travel to Everton because, my God, the international break um, could not have treated Spurs any worse. But before we move on to that, is there anything else you guys need to get off your chest about Parata? I feel like I've been ranting and raving here too much. What else do we need to say about the week that was, the two weeks that was? I mean, we didn't even really – we got into the Conte finally sacking a little bit last week, but, I mean – Anything else either of you need to get I, off your chest about any of the this? only thing I'll ask is like if we and I maybe I'll ask a question to you too, but let's say let's say you remove any of this like Italy stuff and we just look at the job he's done. Like, does it merit keeping him around on the job that he's done or not? I, I think that's a really fair question, and I would say that depends on the manager. That depend and and honestly, when we look at some of the reporting, and again, I, I'm going to take all of this, the reporting with a grain of salt. But when you look at some of the reporting of the managers that he wants to hire for this job, I'm like, no, thank you, sir. I'm out. I don't. I don't like. I don't need any of those names. When you look at um, who was the guy that he wanted to hire even before Conte, that that the club uproar stopped that from was it Gattuso? Gattuso. God, like, that was horrible. I, that alone for me, I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm no thanks. I'm good. I'm out. Well, it's, and we all we are we're all on record feeling a very specific way about signing Basuma, and that really hasn't changed for me, right? So that was a Paratici move. So I, I get it. I mean, it doesn't. There's a ton of optics that don't look good about anything that's happened at this club, and. Dare I say, there's a reason we were able to sign such a talented technical director, right? Why nobody else would touch him at, at the moment that we signed him, right? It's like becoming a joke, but it's a serious thing to ask ourselves, right? Why was this guy who was touted as one of the best technical directors on the planet just willing to come with the Spurs, right? Um, so, uh, there's, it, yeah, I don't know. I think the, the only reason I asked that question, though, is does his job merit – the job he's done merit his job, right, is – that this could blow over and again no one knows no one can even understand what what juventus did wrong necessarily or like formulate coherently what happened right 
and all these grumblings that the points are going to be given back and this is all going to go away are like definitely happening right so well I don't but know. that's no there's no guarantee of it but 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 without here's question the thing. here's the thing though scott if if all of this does go away and he's able to quote unquote legally do the job do you do you want him around because i don't think no. i do no not at all and i'm not i'm not advocating that we keep him i'm just saying if there's people that feel like he's done a good job he may have done nothing wrong in italy right and we'll figure that out um italy has been we all talk about, you know, the, the couch, Geopolio or whatever, where they were relegated to Serie B, but there's been a bunch of shit that's happened beyond that, right? There's always something weird going on there. So um, we'll see what happens. I, but no, I do not want him at the club. I think if we're, it, I don't even know who I would bring in, to be honest, for a director of football candidate. I don't really care. Like, I just want us to get a manager who wants to manage this club and cares about this club and isn't here to do us a favor. And you all know who I want, but I just, I just want, I just want this club to be something that is enjoyable again, right? I really, that, I mean it. Like that's all I want, and then we can we can get to the rest from there. But like, I don't understand how anyone would be invested in what's what's ahead of these next ten matches. I mean, sure we're gonna watch. I should. I don't mean it to say it exactly like that, but I don't know. It just it's a really really hard time to really get behind Tottenham Hotspur. So yeah, I just think it's becoming pretty clear that Paratici really is a product of that sort of Italian soccer culture environment, which has a lot of corruption and cronyism in it, which I hate to stereotype, but I, I, I think it's well-documented at this point. Um, and I feel like having someone like him has kind of limited where we look for when it comes to recruitment um, because he's, he's someone who's going to, rely on contacts and previous clubs that he has relationships first and foremost. And we're just leaving a lot of avenues um, unexplored. And I am with you, Andrew, and that the rumored manager list of his fills me with dread. So I, I don't think he should be the one picking our next manager. I don't think he's had enough success with our transfers that it really warrants keeping him on like i think it's been kind of a mixed record basically yeah i mean look like i said earlier you could point to benton and kolosevsky as two guys that were impact signings a little over a year ago that really did help for that push to top four and then there's a bunch of will sees you know there's a like i said destiny adogi uh jed spence uh, pedro poro we hope all of these guys will come good. I'm probably forgetting a name or two that, that was, that was signed under Parach. I mean, I don't even really count Parasic in, in that because he was more of a, a Conte signing than anything. Um, and is not some, someone that I think we, we expect to, to be around uh, probably beyond this season, especially with Conte's departure. But um, it's just, I, I don't know. It, it's wild. Um, let's, let's, let's dive in a little bit on, on Monday and then we'll get out of here. The, the injury list is just insane. Um, Emerson Royale picks up an injury uh, on international duty with Brazil, uh, had surgery on his knee, is done for at least a month is the word. Uh, Eve Basuma has a stress fracture in his ankle. Uh, he previously had surgery. He's out for Monday. Ben Davis uh, picked up a hamstring strain in the game against Southampton. He's out for probably about a month. Um, so there will be no Rodrigo Bentecourt, as we knew, no Basuma, no Davis, no Emerson, Richarlison picked up a knock as well. Uh, Sessegnon is still coming back. 
Uh, Hugo Lloris is back in training, but also will not be available for Monday. Um, and the only good news to come out from Christian Cellini's press conference on Friday was that Ivan Perisic could be ready for Monday, despite uh, suffering an injury uh, on international duty with Croatia uh, earlier this week on um, in their game against Turkey, I believe it was. So I don't really have a question or a prompt, but it's it's another international break full of injuries for Tottenham Hotspur. And I guess we go into a, a, a game against an Everton club that Sean Dyche has all of a sudden gotten to play much better since he, he came on and are, you know, still fighting relegation and still in that battle, but are looking much better. This is, this ain't easy. This is, this is going to be a tough one, right? Yeah. It almost would have been, uh, more helpful for you to list the players that we do have available at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be it's like wild. A, it's like a laundry list of injuries there. Um, I don't know. It, it's interesting because it could force Stellini to get a little more creative with the formation than we've seen um, basically all season because we've had no change to the formation essentially. But I don't know. Everton's one of those games where like in theory, our quality should far outweigh theirs, but you just never know. They're a very unpredictable club. I mean, aren't aren't they one of the few that have beat Arsenal this season? So it's like <laughs> hard to predict. Um, and I don't think we can necessarily count on having a so-called new manager bounce because it's I mean it's it's the same guy who's been there. So yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough match. I. Everton have a lot to play for right now, and I guess we do too, but it doesn't really feel like it, and I don't really feel like we've played like we have a lot to play for recently, so we'll see. Um, it's interesting. We were having a conversation, my wife and I, Kat, to you guys, right, um, about finishing fourth versus fifth, and you know, I won't get to her thoughts. Those are her own, but I wouldn't be that upset if we finished outside of the top four, to be honest. I think as much as we say we need it for certain things, like we got, we, we have a much more pressing issue in front of us. Uh, that's much more important than whether or not we're in the champions league next year. So of course I want it, but if we end up in fifth or sixth, I don't think it does us any harm at all to compete for Europa league next year. And, you know, uh, um, give ourselves some a chance to focus on just continuing to get this club on the right path, right? Uh, so we'll see. But I think all that is to say, you know, I hope I hope we get the points tomorrow. But I could see us dropping points to Everton, or sorry, on Monday, I could see us dropping points to Everton. And if we do, it'll just kind of be what it is, right? Um, I finished yeah. with um someone else. Yeah, you did. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, you did. I was like, what? what um, what? What? What else is there? No, I, I, uh, it's. I don't know what to say, man. Fuck Spurs. <laughs> That's where we're at at this point. It's we're throwing our hands up because we should be coming out of an international break feeling good, but after what happened right before it, and then what happened a week later with Conte, and then what's happened this week with Paratici, it's just like I, I don't, I don't know, guys. This, you know. I thought we would be able to to really make a charge, but at this point, I'm feeling like let like I said, press the fast forward button, just get us to the end, and let's be done. So, 
uh on that note let's let's just be done with the pod i mean i like come on let let's just get out of here and pray for pray for uh a, a, a victory or or let's just get a result i mean come on we're, we're uh, to dare us to do does not feel like the the mantra right now it feels like uh to to, to get to the end of the season as quickly as possible please uh that's to that's survive is to do <laughs> yes to survive is to do <laughs> indeed for all for all for everything tottenham men's women's everything we have we have to just survive this season and then we have to reset so that no is so true like if it <laughs> The men's season is terrible, but the women's has been even worse. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's a tough Real time tough. to be a Spurs fan. And is there ever not one? That's why we're tough, right? But um, but no, honestly, I, I agree. I think the the uh, the only you know shred of excitement for me is is to see to see Cellini in charge. I'm happy for him. You know, I don't want him to be our permanent manager, but I'm happy for the guy. He seems like a lovely gentleman and He's got the boys playing playing really well a couple of times, right? So let's let's see let's see how she rolls with uh with Stellini at the helm. Um you know, up to Stellini maybe. We could, we could, uh, so. <laughs> Fair point. And I'm excited to see Ryan Mason take a, a larger role yeah. as well. So, so one interesting point I'll 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 add on here before we get out. Um I, and I think I heard this point made on the extra inch earlier this week where uh, apparently Ryan Mason and his partner are expecting a, a child in the coming weeks. And that could be a really good reason as to why he did not get the interim opportunity over Stellini. Um, maybe Stellini agreed to stay on and, and guide this thing for the final 10 games instead of just having Mason take it over because Mason is probably going to have to uh, go on some kind of, um, you know, paternity leave. Uh, once once his his child is born so that that was something that i did not know until i heard that um like i said shout out to the guys over at the extra inch for for bringing that to my attention but um yeah stellini mason whoever's healthy like let's let's give an effort and uh and see if we can go get go get a win at everton uh we're gonna be back like i said hopefully with a midweek pod after everton and then uh, next weekend as well uh, until then, drop us a follow at Tottenham Depot on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on TikTok as well, until that's forever banned. Um, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can follow Caroline at CG Stefko, follow Scott at DSM Spurs, and you can follow me at Aestetka. Uh Until then, up the Spurs, I guess. Go beat Everton, <laughs> as always. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>